The reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. I guess our pre-week show in on Wednesday schedule just wouldn't let it happen. But we are here today for our post-week two wrap-up, and uh, let's get right into it. Um, we're going to start it off with the El Dorado versus Chapin. Well, i tell you what, El Dorado, what everybody wanted to know in that game was uh, Ray Ray going to play. And, um, and while he did, uh, he did play and uh, got a few of his yards, uh, there's some concerns that come out of that game for El Dorado. Yeah. I mean, the offensive line which people were wondering about um, coming, uh, coming into this season, uh, the questions still remain. Um, uh, and, of course, uh, you know, that says a lot about the future of the program. Yeah. And so, uh, and the schedule doesn't get any easier for them. Definitely. And, and on the other side, I mean, you got a lot of young, young players stepping up for that Chapin team. Oh, no doubt. I mean, uh, as, we look, uh, as we look at the Chapin team, the bigger question was, uh, Davion Singleton, the word on the street is he had a, uh, he was in the protocol, pro, uh, concussion protocol, and um, for him, everybody yeah. was more concerned, um, obviously for the players' health, uh, as always. Definitely, definitely. Um, but could Evan step up and do the job in his absence? And boy, did he do it. Hey, I mean, they definitely got that next man up mentality going on. Over yeah, there. definitely. And uh, I mean, uh, Evan threw for 205 yards and uh, Savion Jordan had, uh, I believe, four receptions for 116, and then uh, you had Brent Holman Jr. Uh, and uh, I, I was watching one of the wrap-up shows on TV, and I mean they gave that one to Savion. But no, Brent Holman Jr. caught about a 65-yard for a touchdown, which is a great job for him because he's coming back off a knee injury. So yep. um, it's good to see that happen. But uh, more importantly, um, uh, Chapin is uh, potentially demonstrating that. Uh, they're a little bit deeper than people think. Definitely, and, and it's gonna, they're going to definitely need that as they go along. It's, it's a, a war of attrition sometimes for these, some of these seasons. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And lest we forget, Canateo is looming in that district. Yes, yes, they are. And that kind of uh, segues us into the game that everybody thought was going to be the game in yeah. the borderland, and yeah. it turned out to be the game for Pebble Hills. But Pebble Hills versus Del Valle. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, what you thought initially in the first half was a, a tough, hard-nosed, you know, knockdown, drag-out fight, but Pebble Hills goes, you know, went in the locker room with a 5-0 lead uh, on uh, on Del Valle and then proceeded to come out in the second half and, well, put the foot on the gas, if you will. As we say down south, they took him out back behind the shed. and uh... yeah, no, yeah, no doubt about that. I mean... Uh, it was um, uh, it was billed as being uh, going to be that game for you know a measuring stick for Del Valle and um, there uh, what people don't know I mean they they lost a lot off their team last year too and yeah. you kind of saw that show up um, you know as the game goes on 
you know, kids aren't as uh, developed as uh, other kids are, and it catches up to you. And uh, Gael had a bounce-back game for sure. Um, uh, he certainly um, uh, handled his business in the game, and um, the, between the running backs and receivers, they did their part. And young Manny Fuller, Shelton Fuller, while on the offensive side, it was you kind of knew that's the way it was going to be tough, and yeah. it was tough for him. Uh, but he still had a, you know, one of those highlight interceptions, um, you know, from the game. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, the Spartans went ahead and uh, vanquished <laughs> their enemy. And, and I think, you know, it comes down to, and we, we talk about this all the time, having that senior, well, not even so much a senior, but having that quarterback play with the experience. Yeah, and that means so much in yeah. big games and uh, because they've been there before. Yeah. And so they're, they're not rattled. And uh, we heard – you know, a lot about Jake Fetty last week and, you know, welcome to the real world. It, um, it's a little different um, when you go up against that kind of talent that uh, Pebble Hills has versus the week before against, uh, against Burgess. Now, and that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing that coaches have to weigh. I mean, you, you want your kids to get some, uh, some confidence with, with the schedule early on and, then gradually, you know, uh, step up the pace in the level of physicality and competition to get you ready for district. And so uh, this one was definitely a, a, a leap up. So next up, we want to look at Hanks versus El Paso High. I mean, Hanks, I think it's a surprise of the borderland right now. Um, I, I would, uh, to many, um, I know the media is kind of really um, loading up Scott Belize and all of that in the program. And... Um, when I think back to last year, I was at the game that was at El Paso High, and um, Xavier Johnson uh, had a you know had a dominant game, and uh, and that was on the ground mostly. And Jude Blanco got his work done in the air, or you know Marcus Torres, uh, Marcus Porras throwing to Jude Blanco last year. This year, um, you saw uh, Jude Blanco was uh, catching balls from uh, uh, from. Uh, Marcus Porras, and so uh, same kind of deal. I mean, uh, so I would say to everybody out there, when I think about that Hanks team, man, it's kind of a wait out, you know, yeah. wait out, um, you know, what they're doing, they were supposed to do. Uh, and so as the competition starts to stiffen, you will see what the team really is going to be. Definitely, definitely. And, um, but, you know, I mean, I always say you got to play the games in front of you. Yeah. So. Play the Kudos games. To them. Yeah, play the games in front of you. You play who you play. No knock on anybody. Uh, you play who you play, and uh, in games like that, the dogs are supposed to eat. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Next up, Clint versus this letter. I mean, after coming off the game they came off of last week, and then to lose this game against Clint. I mean, what does that say for this this letter program and, and where they're going? I'm sure that, uh, um, you know, a big emotional win uh, over Riverside last week, the Battle, of I, uh, uh, the Battle of 20, if you will, State Highway 20, and um, it, uh, it in itself had to have taken a lot of emotion from the kids. And then you bring in a Clint team who is always, always. tough. I mean, they just have a tough, consistent running game. They've been doing the same thing for years. It just doesn't change. You know what you're going to get uh, from the Clint Lions, and you better bring your lunchbox because it's going to be all day. And so 
Uh, I think the physicality that the Lions showed in that game, uh, certainly Coach Martinez down in this letter um, has got to, you know, just take a look and see what changes need to be made to ensure that uh, as they move forward uh, that they're prepared for that kind of uh, future physicality. And I don't, I don't want anybody to take what I said wrong and saying that Clint's got a good team. Yeah, they Clint, they they're a perennial power here in the, in the borderland, and um, but I mean I think a lot of people expected Isleta to oh. win that game after what they did against Riverside. Yeah, no doubt. I mean um, they'd really demonstrated um, you know some things in that game against Riverside. Tough game, tough atmosphere. You you really thought that man they are ready to take that next big yep. step and. Uh, outside of, I mean, every game is one game. So for the fan base out there, the, uh, for, this, uh, for the Indians, uh, just remember it's one game, uh, one game at a time, and you just clean up whatever issues you had from that game and move on to the next one. Definitely. And then the last game we're going to look at is um, Bel Air versus uh, Socorro. No, we're not Bel Air homers. <laughs> yeah, coach used to coach there. Yeah, son plays at Bel Air. But we wanted to look at, what they we want to look at this game because, in my opinion, I think it was a bounce back game for Bel Air in some senses. Uh, in some, I guess, in some sense, um, Bel Air's really been working on um, trying to balance out uh, balance out their overall uh, overall game, trying to find some answers to you know they had a lot of graduation things yeah. too last year, and so uh, the team really over the first few games is really trying to find. The, what their identity is going to be uh, with so many new people up front. But um, uh, for this game, I, I would say this, that Socorro had really had a lot of media and yeah. online and print media and video media. A lot of people uh, had some real high expectations for this particular game. Um, uh, and I think the Highlanders over in that area, uh, some folks took that like, wait a minute. Uh, we had a pretty doggone good team last year, and uh, folks kind of just kind of was, you know, bypassing that, if you will. And, um, you know, uh, you can't do that with a team that's really, really fast and has demonstrated they've got the, the tools across the board to play some really good football. And what we saw in there was a track meet, okay? Yeah. Uh, Y'all remember it was a track meet. And so... Um, it was um, it was a game where there was a lot of nasty penalties in that game, and what concerns me is that uh, the chirping online, the chirping back and forth. Uh, I saw a lot of that in the game. A lot of nasty 15-yard penalties. Um, at some point, uh, discipline is very important across the board. Uh, football teams have to be disciplined, and they have to be able to, uh, when somebody is losing their composure, maintain their composure. Um, now, um, Socorro would say, well, we think that, you know, some of the players on Bel Air did some stuff to cause that. Bel Air would say, no, it's the players in Socorro. And there were a couple of really, really um, difficult plays out there where I remember one particular, and as Coach said, not a homer, but this one stood out, where Chris Davis catches the ball, goes down the sideline, guy tackles him, rips off his helmet, and throws it 10 yards. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of like that. I mean, uh, but you saw blindside blocks on people. I mean, people cutting people low. I mean, it was kind of an old-school throwback. You now, watch this. In the day when, you know, I played and others played, 
that was, I mean, I remember some comments in, in the stands, people going, now that's old school football. Sure, but football's changed. And so uh, the character of football's changing. So uh, just moving forward, both teams certainly are going to have to clean up a few things on the discipline side of the house. And, um, and then um, uh, on the uh, Socorro side of the house, the uh, Famaligi's O-line uh, did pretty good. Uh, you know, definitely in the run game, pass blocking has, has got some work to do for sure. Uh, but you could see flashes in there where Socorro was demonstrating some things, uh, certainly in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the run game. Now, the quarterback play uh, from that game, uh, the young man, he's a, uh, if I remember right, he's a sophomore, and uh, he had it tough. He threw uh, four interceptions. Yeah. Uh, that McKeeby kid did it again, picked six infantry, about a 60-yard return for a touchdown. Uh, Oscar Martinez, uh, one of the corners, had an interception. Chris Davis at safety had an interception. And then Sasadio Alvarado, one of the um, outside backers, he picked off a ball as well. And so for a young quarterback, there's games like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, they must have, they really threw the ball a lot. Yeah, yeah which is, which really surprised. Uh, uh, I, mean, it, it, I think it surprised the crowd and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I expected them to run the ball just a ton, kind of like a, a Clint game where, man, you're lucky to get four possessions the whole game, you know, kind of thing. I expected that. And, uh, and um, Socorro came out trying to demonstrate that they are going to throw the football. So there's some film out there that's going to show some teams, hey, we will drop back and, and throw the ball. And they'll clean up some of the scheme things and, you know, bad reads and all of that. But – uh, they're showing some things that they're they're trying to uh, change a culture down there. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's a good thing as far as the style of play because it's going to make it funner for the kids. Yeah, it's going to make more kids want to be involved, and it's also, I mean, in today's game, even at the high school level, you can't throw the football, you, you're not going to win. Yeah, it makes it really really tough. I mean, uh, now we say a running game travels. <laughs> I mean, it travels in bad weather and all of that. But in this type of environment in the game today, man, it is high flying. Let it, you know, let it fly. Get it down the field, air raid style. Uh, that's kind of it's fast break. Watch this, it's fast break football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like basketball, fast break. So definitely. Well, folks, we're gonna take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back after this. Everybody. Welcome to season two of Breaking the Music. My name is DJ Lady Dubois. I will be your host for this season. I hope you guys will join us because on this show we will have artists, musicians, DJs, bands on this platform that will be able to perform for you guys. If you're looking for something that's going to take your interest, if you want to know about the music industry, come on, tune on in. Come on down here for a live studio audience. We have everything. We'll see you soon. All right, folks, we're back. Now, we want to take a look at some top games that we, we think you should be really on the lookout for for next week, um, sure. starting on Thursday. I mean, it, it, 1-6-A kicks off with their district play, and they, they, come, out the, they come out the gates hot. Come out yeah. the gates hot. Franklin versus Coronado. Franklin man. versus Coronado. Battle on the other side of the mountain, man. I tell you what, uh, 
that place will be lit up with people. Um, I, I tell you what, I almost wish they put that thing in, the, uh, in UTEP's, uh, uh, over in the stadium over there, because I'm sure you'd get a good 15,000 to show up for that one. Normally that game is at UTEP. Um. Yeah. yeah, so, but I mean, I think with UTEP having a game this week, the mm -hmm. turnaround was going to be just too much, if you will. There's a stadium cleanup and all those other things that got to go with it. But, uh, boy, get your, uh, do I have popcorn and, and As Dion said, get your, no, Terrell Owens, get your popcorn Get, get your popcorn ready. <laughs> I, I, I mean, y'all, bring your popcorn. Uh, it is going to be knocked down, drag out. Um, now, at the same time, uh, Franklin is a strong football team. We, we know that, that they handle Andrews pretty easily uh, this past week, and uh, Coronado's come off some, some success uh, for sure, but uh, they had a tough time this week as well. You know what, though, man? It doesn't really matter about, about records when those two teams play. I mean, that's big rivalry game, and to have it this early in the season is just crazy. And so I'm definitely going to be there. It's right down the street from the house. So I'm definitely going to be there to that game. Um, so we'll, we'll have some, some, some good stuff from that one. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Sure. I think there will be, uh, be a lot of us there to uh, see that, I mean, include all of the local media, Channel 9, Channel 7, you know, out there, CBS, Channel 4. Everybody will be out there. It's a Thursday game. Everybody wants to see that. And so – and it will be a, a, an amazing football game, and you're going to see the stars on the west side. Definitely. Next game, Pebble Hills versus Eastwood. Man, that's going to be another good one. Should, on paper, should be anyway. Yeah, right? on paper, that is, I mean, um, yeah, I put some out on Facebook. I said, Game of Thrones, here we go. You know, uh, here, here it starts. In 1-6-A, it starts. Uh, Franklin Coronado then, you know, followed up by Eastwood and – uh, Pebble Hills, and so uh, the matchups I would say at the quarterback position are pretty even. I mean, uh, I'd give maybe I ain't giving nobody edge. I mean, they're, they're even. They're, those two are two dynamic players. Evan Menhadis and Guy Lachoa, they both are lights out football players, leaders for their teams. Yep. Um, I, you know, I want to look at you know another piece, um, the running games. Yeah, uh, that Corals dude we saw. Uh, in, in week one and a little bit in double I wonder what that's going to look like in the Eastwood game. You know, that running back was big, he's strong, he's strong uh, got some good speed. What do you think? Well, here's my thing, right? I think if Pebble Hills can establish Gael as a passer, yeah, it's going to open that running game up tremendously. Yeah. Um, but if they've got to lean on that, if they've got to lean on that running game and Eastwood can put six, seven in the box, yeah. it's going to make life hard. We'll make it hard, Real and hard. some of the stars over in Eastwood, you got uh, Noah Medina, uh, who's going to be holding down on the D-line, uh, and then uh, also uh, Conrad Joseph coming off the D, uh, D end on the, other side of the, uh, on the other side of the defense. Um, and you've got a, a solid secondary. That is probably the one question I have uh, about Eastwood is that secondary, is, is what's that going to look like? Um, I know that, um, you know, the up front, front seven's solid, very solid. Yep. But I wonder about the secondary for Eastwood and Pebble Hills. Um, I would say it's kind of a kind of a flip-flop. I mean, I, they got a great secondary. I just wonder about the, you know, Harmeal, obviously, at, at linebackers, yeah. I mean, is lights-out, top-notch player. But there's five other dudes up there that I'm not sure. And so we want to see what that defensive line 
is going to put together and see uh, and see what happens with that. See, I, th I think this game may come down to players that a lot of people don't talk about. I think it's going to come down to a player like Mark Torres. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if Mark Torres can establish himself in the passing game, it's going to open up their running game so much. Oh, no doubt. You know, Marcus is, uh, is very quick and dynamic. They got another outside receiver who's really tall. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah, so uh, with Marcus in the slot right there and him being able to match up on maybe potentially an outside backer who can clearly he's faster than or if they decide to try and stick a safety over the top, you know, 10 yards off the ball, uh, Marcus is going to be able to get the ball in some space. And, yeah. and he has shown that uh, he can be dynamic, elusive, and all of that. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Definitely. Um, on the Eastwood side, if I may, real quick, Max Mancia uh, running back in the backfield. Um, I would look for them to uh, kind of stretch uh, the, uh, excuse me, the Pebble Hills defense uh, so that they, he can get the ball out in space, uh, either uh, out of the backfield, um, little flare routes or little wheel routes or something like that where he can catch it in space too and, uh, and stretch that uh, Pebble Hills defense and make him move around and run. And, of course, Evan Minhata is running the, <laughs> running the ball as well and Gael running the ball as well. So uh, everybody's going to have to be disciplined this week because yeah. both those two quarterbacks can light you up with their arm and they can light you up with their feet. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Next game, Montwood versus Americas. A lot of people might be saying, why y'all looking at that game? You remember last year, man, that barn burner <laughs> exactly. that came down? And exactly. America's had the game in hand, and then they punted, and Montwood returned it, and uh, then got a quick touchdown, and then Mark Moore, unfortunately, threw an inception, and uh, then they punted again, and then uh, Montwood had it the last possession, drove down to the 10-yard line, first down, second down third down with a couple of seconds to go on the clock quarterback rolls out and there's Mario Gain ball gets tipped by two or three people and he intercepts it in the end zone to end the game and that was uh boy that was one of the highlight barn burners of the year and over in SISD it seems like every week has yeah. been, I mean it's been uh you know been something of a barn burner over there so Maybe that's no different. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I look at that Montwood Americas like I look at Franklin Coronado. Yeah. The, yeah. Those, those kids are going to get up to play each other every time. Every time. So I mean, what, three, four miles between the two schools? Yeah. So you, you probably, it's almost like a, you could almost say a natural Robbie. I know Americas would like to say Pebble Hills and all that, but I think uh, Montwood being right down the street yeah. from Americas from those two uh, certainly um, is kind of that rivalry type game. Definitely. Next up is Letta versus Bowie. Matchup of one and one teams. Um, Bowie came off a big win yeah. this week after, you know, after losing the first week. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, as we look at that one with this Letta, they are going to be kind of trying to bounce back. I mean, yeah. Bowie, the, the teams are opposite. Bowie loses week one, comes back, gets a great win week two. Then you got his Letta. Wins week one, loses week two. And so we're going to see which team is trying to either gain or maintain the momentum Definitely. in that particular game. Definitely. Then it, and it, here's one of the games that I think is going to be a really good one. Um, Clinton Gaston. Uh, no doubt. Gaston 2-1 and one over in New Mexico. They've been a solid football team shown already this year that 
uh, they're going to be competitive for sure in their district over uh, on, on the other side of the border. And uh, my concerns are when I look at that game, um, Gadsden has never been overly physical. I mean, they've been a solid physical football team, mm -hmm. but they're not uh, – I hadn't seen if they're going to be able to withstand that running game that Clint's going to put up that is a pound, ground, and pound type of game. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be interesting to see um, – Two and one, one and one. I mean, Clint opened some eyes up this week, in my opinion. They, they, they've definitely showed that. Don't get it mistaken. We, we still here. Right, and uh, I think if if I had to, you know, uh, if I had to pick between these two, I'm gonna I'm looking at Clint by probably seven, a touchdown maybe uh, across the board. Um, uh, and when I think about really all these games, I'm gonna take America's over Montwood. I'm gonna take. Um, Eastwood over Pebble Hills. Uh, I, I love you guys over there at uh, Pebble Hills, but uh, I'm going to go with Eastwood over Pebble Hills this week. Um, I like Franklin to uh, win by about 15 or 16 over, uh, over Coronado. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think uh, Bowie is going to get his letter. They're at home. His letter's on the road, so I, I like Bowie over them. Now, I agree with all of those except for Pebble Hills. <laughs> I think Pebble Hills just ha just has too much, man. Then there's no knock on Eastwood. I mean, they're 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 a really good football team, without a doubt. Um, and they've played some. They they went east and played some tough game. Played a tough game. Yeah. Um, but I I just think that when it's all said and done, these are the type of games where the stars stars look to shine. Oh sure, and. Um I mean, uh, Julio Lopez always has those guys over Eastwood ready to play. Uh, it is going to be a tough physical football game, um, but it's at Eastwood, and that, that, that may be the decider. I mean, that crowd over there, they, they're going to sell out. Y'all heard it first. They're going to sell out that stadium. Of course. Uh, I, I'm going to try and get over there for some portion of that one to see that. Um, hopefully the game over at uh, Bel Air's done <laughs> sooner than later so I can get over and see some of the Eastwood uh, Pebble Hills. Then the last game we want to take a look at is Fabens versus Cathedral. And everybody's probably saying, why are y'all looking at Fabens and Cathedral? Because we want to talk about Fabens, that's why. Yeah, we want to talk <laughs> about Fabens, that's right. Hey, Fabens, uh, uh, kudos to Coach Lovadio down there um, developing and building a young program. He's got an exciting young quarterback out there, sophomore uh, that if you guys hadn't seen him, you need to get out there and take a look. And um, they're developing him. They're working on the running game. Uh, one thing Fabians has shown is they're a physical football team. And so in 4A, um, they're going to have their games that are, that are going to be tough for them, but um, they're about a year away. Uh, but they're going to get their surprises this year. And uh, I look for uh, you know that particular team to continue to build on uh, developing their players are going to dominate this game this week, go to 3-0. and and, um, and I think that uh, people down there, you got a, you got a good one. Y'all picked a good one down there uh, as the head coach, and he's developing that team, and you can already see it, um, that uh, he's step by step by step by yep. step. And, and, you know, it's funny you say they're developing. I think they're about a year away, too. Um, <laughs> but I also think that they're a year ahead of schedule. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, honestly, if, uh, if you had a chance to talk to Coach Lovadio, he'd probably agree with that, that, you know, they're about a year 
you know, year ahead of schedule, but he likes some things that he's seeing out of the football team. And that's what coaches always do. They're looking for little indicators that say, okay, you know, they're getting it, they're getting there. And, I, and, and pick a coach, head coach, position coach, they always look for the same things. What's an indicator that says my team is getting ready to really blow up and turn that corner and, mm -hmm. and do some things? And so uh, I certainly know that down there in Fabens, uh, they're really getting it going and, uh, and look out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's the top games that we think you guys should be looking at this week. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Joe Burrow. I, I love me some Joe Burrow. Humble cat. I heard him say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. Now, can you imagine Joe Burrow with all his accolades talking about and conceding being uh, maybe second fiddle? He didn't say who's second. He just said conceding to Patrick Mahomes. So, all right, folks, and we're back. We're going to go through our top 10 real quick. Again, it's our opinion. Take it for what it's worth. Um, how we feel the teams are right now in the borderland. At number one, Pebble Hills 2-0. Franklin, number two, 2-0. My opinion, those two teams could really flip-flop. Flip-flop. Yeah. I mean, just really known, really depends on what day of the week you're looking at them. Good news, they're all going to play each other. Exactly. And so at the end of the day, this is all going to work itself out. Yeah. At number three, we got Eastwood. It's already starting. <laughs> so next we got one and number three going head-to-head -head next week. At number four, we got Canyon Teal at one and one. Then at five, Bel Air two and zero. Oh. Some of y'all are gonna be saying whatever. What they still got to play Del Valle, they got to play Parkland. We get it. But right now, today, they're number five. At number six, Del Valle. At number seven, Parkland, two and zero. Oh, Del Valle one and one. Then at number eight, we got Americas at one and one. Number nine, Riverside at one and one. And then rounding out our top ten. Surprise of the borderland for me, Hanks at 2-0. and um, Again, it's our opinion. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, everybody's got rankings everywhere, so don't, don't, don't start saying that. It's our opinion. Yeah, it's just an opinion. Just an opinion. But, I mean, definitely an exciting week this past week. Um, oh, yeah. And those games we looked at, I mean, there's a couple of exciting games coming up for week three. And uh, we'll, start, we'll cover those in our week three, I guess, pregame show on Wednesday. And so look, be on the lookout for that. But thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good weekend. Thank you guys for watching.